0: Next week we do begin to. Next weekend we do begin to celebrate Memorial Day uh, weekend. Of course, on Monday, uh, Mr. Stowe will be speaking next Sunday. So, you ready for that? That's going to be good. That's going to be good. Doug and Lisa and myself and Stasha and Matt and Jen will be going to convention. The reason that all of us are going uh, this year is uh, whenever it's on the East Coast, whenever it's within driving distance, I like to be able to get our licensed ministers there just to see the body of Christ, and the Foursquare leaders in, in, in action and how things um, go on there and also just to be part of the larger Foursquare family. So um, we're excited about that and thank you for your prayers as we, we will be gone next Sunday. Uh but, man, it's going to be a great Sunday, Mr. Stowe. I'm going to listen to the recording because I know I'm going to be encouraged by it. So, so you'll have to hit who Tommy's running sound next week, so you'll have to hit the edit button if he's talking bad about me or anything. Just added all that out. Um, so, thank you in advance, Mr. Stowe. And uh, of course, Sarah will be leading, and for all the teams who will be here taking care of everything. If you need anything while we're gone, on the back of your bulletin, you'll see a list of elders and their phone numbers. Just give them a call, they'll be available to you. So, we need to pray this morning before we get into the message. Um, just in some sp- specific areas that we have been sending emails out about, just some of our church families hurting physically right now. Um, I know uh, a gentleman named Jerry, it's actually Jack Reed's brother, uh, is in the hospital still. He is sedated, and uh, they're just uh, removing fluid, and just. just, we need to pray for him. Miss Jimmy is in the hospital. She hasn't been in the hospital in 15 months. You know, she's had some things going on, but anyway, she is back in the hospital with severe sinus and um, infection. And also her heart has jumped out of rhythm, which is also affecting her breathing. So we want to pray for her. Uh, Danny's sister, continue to pray for her Uh, at this point. The doctors say there's nothing we can do, Uh, but God is able. Amen. And same with Miss B. Uh, She just received this week news that um, they are going to start chemo this week. She got her port put in, um, but they can't do surgery. Again, God is able. Amen. Um, And... This is not a health-related thing, but Christian, it's good to have you home from Ignite Academy. So welcome home, buddy. He's going to be serving with this for a, a little while, a year something like that, year and a half-ish. Whenever God calls him out, he'll be gone. He uh, emailed me. We're going to work on, you know, part of Ignite Academy is training you to become, well, in the Word of God and in serving. But also from there, you can become a licensed minister and be set out sent out. So he uh, sent me an email while he was in um, Nicaragua. Did I do that pretty good? Nicaragua. Um, While he was there and he wants to go through that process. So we just finished up with Dean and I'm going to jump on another one with getting Christian. Look at what God is doing through Abundant Life. You guys are awesome. Well, let's pray. Father, we just want to lift up our church family there are several families that are hurting today just through illnesses of their own, or family members, and so, Lord, we pray for your peace, your grace, and for your healing power in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're uh, talking about being hungry for God and just desiring more of Him. Do you really want more of God, I mean, in your life? You know, just who, who is He? Who is God? What is He? What does he want me to do? What is his will for my life? You ever ask yourself that, especially, and I'm going to talk here too to those of you who are uh, in junior high and high school and college, you know, Jake just graduated, Cassie's getting ready to graduate, we're going to have something special for our graduates in June, uh, but God, what, what is it that you want from me? Well, what he wants is us. He wants us to desire Him. He wants us to pursue Him with all of our lives. And so we've been talking through our core values. One of our core values that we're addressing through this series is we want to attain godly character and authentic faith as we serve the Lord. And uh, so... We're looking at the idea of pursuing God. That's our theme this year, pursuing who God is. The first week, we talked about the prerequisite for spiritual passion, and that says the amount of your emptiness will determine the amount of your filling. We try to fill our lives with all kinds of stuff, and we're so full we can't get more of God because there's so much stuff taking His place. Empty ourselves out. The second week, there's a price. God will test our hunger for Him by what we are willing to sacrifice. Sacrifice. What is the most important thing in your life? Well, you'll say God, you'll say family, and those things are right. You should say that. But under there, what what do you devote most of your time to, most of your energy? Well, my job. Can I give up my job? No, you can't give up your job. What are those things that steal and rob your time? Are you willing to sacrifice that thing for more of God? There's, a, there, there's that price there that has to be paid. Week three, patience. We said, when you wait on the Lord, He will give you new strength. And I gave you this story, it was Mother's Day, of how my mom, that was her theme throughout her whole life. She waited on the Lord and He renewed her strength. Today, we're going to talk about the pain of spiritual passion. Two weeks ago, we said that you will be tested to see if you really, really want His presence. Are we after Him or what He can do for you? Now, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 32 with me. We are going to look at the life of a man named Jacob. Now, if you know Jacob and Esau, maybe you heard that when you were in Sunday school or you've heard your pastor preach about Jacob and Esau. But man, that's quite a story there. How many of you have a sibling? Raise your hand. How many of you fought with your siblings growing up? I'm talking, how many of you did not fight with your siblings growing up? Is he lying? You guys didn't fight, really? Are you being sarcastic? Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're going to have a fight in church today. <laughs> Let me get my chair and sit back. Anybody got popcorn? Uh, <laughs> Jacob and Esau defined fighting and rival, uh, rival his brothers. So we're going to take from this story and talk about pain for a moment. In the life of Jacob, we discovered, I'm going to kind of catch you up to the story where we're going to be, but Jacob means deceiver. He was a tricky guy. He was a con man. You know a con man. They can con you out of anything. That was Jacob. Uh, he duped his brother Esau out of his birthright. And he duped his own father, Isaac. Now, what is a birthright? Let's get a little bit of background before we keep going here. Um, My boys here. Nathan is the oldest. Gabe is the youngest. Now, if we were in Old Testament time, the birthright would go to my firstborn son, so let's say I had a daughter who was older. Well, in the Old Testament, it didn't matter. It would go to the firstborn son. That's where the birthright would go. He would receive double blessing. He would receive uh, double inheritance, which double of nothing is. <laughs> but that's what he would receive. The birthright belonged, and it was blessing. It wasn't only a physical material thing. It was a spiritual blessing that would come as well. Well, uh, what, um, what Jacob did, so let's just say Gabe here, Gabe went to Nathan. He said, Nathan, I know you just got back in from hunting, and I know that you're hungry. And Nathan's all, I'm about to die of starvation here. And so Gabe told Nathan, he said, if you will sell me your birthright, then I will let you have a bowl of soup. You know what Esau did? He said, okay. Because he was that hungry. He sold his birthright. He sold the blessing of his father, the blessing of the Lord, a double inheritance. He sold all that for a bowl of soup. In other words, he didn't think much of it, right? So that, that's, that's the story. I wanted to just get us caught up at that moment. How you treat people will come back on you. Now, I don't believe in karma. I do believe in what you sow, you will reap. Karma is not a biblical idea. What you sow, you reap is a biblical idea. Karma leaves no room for the grace of God. right? So that's the difference. So I don't believe in karma's going to get you, you know I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. That's, that's not scriptural. but what you sow, you will reap. So we're flashing forward to Genesis 32 verse six, where Jacob and Esau had been at odds because of the whole birthright incident. Jacob fears for his life because of how he tricked his brother. Jacob was coming home and wanted to make sure Esau wouldn't try to get back at him. And Jacob was assuming the worst at this point. He thought, man, I need to go home, but my brother, he's going to get me when he, you know, when he sees me. Verse 6 here of Genesis chapter 32. Um After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Now, what's your first reaction? Your brother is mad at you. You stole something very dear from him, or you conned him, something very dear to him, should have been dear to him. And you send messengers to meet him to try to defuse the situation. And they come back to you and they say, he's on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Thinking, do I need to go the other way? Verse 7, Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Jacob's past had caught up to him. Has your past ever caught up to you before? You've done some things in the past, and one day the chickens come home to roost. Is that the old saying? Um, Where your past catches up with you? Look at verse uh, 9 here in just a moment, and we're going to see this principle And this is the first point. Crisis will cause you to remember God. Let's look at this for a moment. Verse 9. Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham. So here comes, he thinks, 400 men to attack him. His brother is mad and he thinks, O dear God, help me now. Um Let me start there again. Then uh, Jacob prayed, O God, my grandfather Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised I will treat you kindly. This was God's word. He was reminding God of the promise that had been made. And Ella's reminding us of the promise that God made to her today. She is here with us. That's so exciting. Um, There was a promise that was made there. How many times in the middle of a crisis did they remember God? Look at the promise that you have made. You've given us this baby girl who's very hungry. She's not hungry for God. She's hungry for a bottle (laughs) is what it is. But God, look at your promise. Look at your promise. Crisis will cause you to remember God. Why does it take a crisis for us to remember him? Yeah. Should it take a crisis for us to remember? It really shouldn't. There's something about a crisis that causes us to return to God. Crisis causes us to remember him. Jacob is scared. His prayers are becoming more powerful. The crisis drove Jacob back to the promises of God. I'm about to die. My family is about to die. Everything that I have earned is going to be taken away. And he's driven back to God. Crisis will cause you to remember God. Point two, crisis will also make you humble. Verse 10, I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except for a walking stick. That's all Jacob had was a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. You see, Jacob became rich while he was gone. We don't have time to go into all that story. He had flocks of sheep, uh, all the, and that's how you knew you were rich back in the day. He wasn't taking credit at this moment. He started giving honor and credit to God because a crisis will make you humble. Verse 11, O Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me, here he goes calling on the word of God, I will surely treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. This crisis caused him to remember God's promise. He humbled himself. He remembered God and he began to call on God. He was desperate. He was hungry for God at this moment. Jacob needed mercy and he needed a miracle. Are you at that place? You need mercy and a miracle? Human attempt will not get you out of the crisis that you are facing. It's only humbling yourself before God and allowing Him to intervene in this moment. In a crisis, you learn how to pray. And church, I want to tell you this. You know, we talk about coming to Jesus and how life gets better and all these things. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit who is with us. But I can also tell you that if you are going to passionately pursue God, it will involve pain. Why is that? Because He's going to want to draw you closer to yourself. Now, this pain, we've said this before. God does not inflict us with sickness to bring us to Him. He will use that sickness that has happened to draw you closer to him but God does not tempt anyone with evil the Bible says but he will use a situation and he will allow that situation to where it brings pain so that we will remember him and so that we will humble ourselves and to turn to him that's what he was doing with Jacob. Jacob Jacob was facing something he was about to be facing some physical pain he thought but all the guilt was coming back what he had done to his brother He was in a painful place. No one wants pain. But we can be assured of this. In God's plan, there is purposeful pain, not purposeless pain. The pain that we bring on ourselves is purposeless pain. What's the purpose in it? Well, I did that to myself. I made the mistake. I did this. I did that. But when we have those situations, God will use that pain to bring about purpose. So that we return to Him and that we seek Him. So again, let me make it very clear. God does not inflict sickness upon us. Now, the way I live my life may cause sickness at times, right? We'll get to that in just a few moments. But God will not inflict that upon us. However, it does happen and He will bring about purpose from that. To seek after Him. To hunger for Him. Skip down to verse 24 here. So we're going to skip a few verses. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. Here was Jacob. His brother hadn't quite made it to him yet. Esau hadn't made it. But Jacob was all alone in crisis. How do we know that? He was, it says right there, Jacob left all alone in the camp, and a man came with him until dawn began to break. So when did this wrestling match happen? At night. He was alone, it was dark. You know, I don't like the, I mean, dark doesn't scare me, but if I'm out in the wilderness somewhere and there's not a fire around, you start hearing, you you hear all these things going on, you're like, oh Lord, help me out. He was alone and a man came and wrestled with him. Do you ever feel like that in a crisis or in a painful situation, do you ever feel that, that you're all alone? You ever feel that? He was alone and it was dark, and he was in crisis. Your breakthrough may come at a time like this. You've hit bottom. You're all alone. Nobody is around. Verse 25, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Ouch. <laughs> That's pain. You ever dislocated a finger before? Anybody ever dislocated Yeah, a shoulder? Anybody ever dislocated a hip? Ouch. I'm sure, you know, you think of those things. Yeah, I see several of you pointing to your shoulders. You've had the surgeries and things like that that you've gone through. He was in pain. So here's Jacob's situation. It just went from bad to worse. My brother's going to kill me. Now I'm fighting with this man who I don't even know. And somehow, I don't want to mess this up, somehow he hit his hip or touched it and it came out of its socket. So now he's even in more pain. Verse 26, the man said, um, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What did Jacob recognize? This wasn't just a man. He recognized that he was wrestling with God. Jacob was experiencing pain and hurt. And the same one who caused that pain and hurt in physically in his hip, he recognized was the same one that he would be blessed by. This situation that I am is causing me a lot of pain. Financially, relationally, my children, career, whatever it is. It's causing me a lot of pain. What God is requiring of me, is causing me a lot of pain right now. But as I re- endure and as I hold on to Jesus, I'm going to be blessed by him. Why is that? Because I'm being drawn closer to him. I have to make the choice to draw closer to him. Now, Jacob could have done this. When his hip went out of socket, what's the first thing we want to do? We want to reach for that pain, and we want to hold on to that pain. But Jacob held on to the man of God, to to God. He held on to him. He did not let go. I will not let go until you bless me. This was a fight. This was a wrestling match that was happening. There was pain that was involved. When you are in a situation, in a season of pain, will you hold on to him or will you let him go? Church, I want to encourage you, hold on to God. If you're facing a painful season in your life, hold on to God. Um, you know, I, just, I was looking here, uh, as I was, I was playing, just kind of looking out, and I see Neely over there. I'm not going to embarrass you, sweetie. But just the physical pain that she's going through, everything that she's facing with Crohn's. And I see her raising her hands and worshiping God with everything that is within her. I see Mr. Stowe over there who's been dealing with his shoulder. His hands are raised. This one's like this. This one's still down. No. He's lifting his arms before the Lord. He's choosing to worship God. Did God put the sickness on Neely? Did God cause Mr. Stowe to, you know, have difficulty with his shoulder? No. But through this situation, they are holding on to God. In the middle of their physical pain, they are holding on to God. Your pain may be emotional. I don't know what your pain is today. Your pain may be, God, why are you letting this happen? I do this, I love you, I, I pursue relationships in a godly manner, I tithe, I do all these things, and yet it seems like it's all falling apart. But God, I'm going to hold on to you. And I'm not going to let go because I know that while I'm experiencing this pain, God, I am crying out to you. What did David do, King David? What did he do when his first, we've mentioned this before, when his firstborn son uh, died at birth. The Bible says he came into the temple, he went to the altar, and he worshiped God. He was not letting go. Your choice is to to focus on the crisis or to focus on God. The disciples focused on Jesus during the storm. Church, hold on and look to Jesus. Don't let him go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Verse 27, here's what God said. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. So picture this wrestling match. You ever watch wrestling? I'm not much of a WWE kind of guy. Uh, My brother was. We watched it growing up and all that kind of stuff. But you ever seen uh, wrestling matches before? Maybe high school and college, the actual real wrestling. Um, In the middle of the match, you don't see him struggling. Hey, what's your name, buddy? What? What do you mean, what's my name? Never mind, pensum. No, that's... <laughs> Why in the world would that question come up in the middle of a wrestling match? Don't forget Jacob's name. It meant deceiver and con man, a trickster. He was reminding Jacob of who he was. You're a trickster. You're a con man. That's who you were. His identity was wrapped up in that. It's all Jacob had ever done. It's all he had ever known. The problem here was Jacob. The pain here was because of Jacob. Now, that's not all of our situations, but in this case, Jacob was the source of the pain and the problem. He had brought it on himself. Sometimes pain is because of us. My choices in life what I decide to do, what I don't decide to do. Am I going to follow the Word of God or am I not? I'm going to be very bold with this. If you choose to not follow God's Word and His decrees and His instructions, if you make a willful choice to not obey the commands that are in this Word, you will suffer the consequences. And is that God saying... I told you so, and beat you over the head. No, that's us making a choice. God has set before us this day life and death. What will we choose? Our choices lead us down the wrong path. Our choices lead us down the wrong path. However, there is hope. In the middle of all that, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. So yes, God is a God of justice, but He is also a God of grace and peace and a God of restoration. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's get back to the notes. (laughs) Praise God for that. Your name will no longer be Jacob, verse 28, the man told him. From now on you will be called Israel. Because, you recognize that name, Israel? That's where the nation of Israel came from today. Because you have fought with God and with men, and you have won. Not only was his situation changing, but God was changing him. God will use your painful moments, and he will change you. Have you ever gone through a painful season in your life? You get on the other side of that, and you're like, man, look what I learned through that situation. First of all, God does love me. Secondly, he taught me some pretty practical things through that. I made, I'm speaking for David here, I made some pretty stupid decisions before. But I'm making a decision now. I'm following this word. Because in the middle of my pain, it has brought me closer to God. And I know I will go through more painful situations but I'm going to hold on to God and become more and more closer. So I don't want to I don't want to look at pain as something God let me shy away from this pain. I don't want to be in that place. I want to say God develop my character, develop my relationship with you during this season. Verse 29. Jacob says, "Tell me your name." Again, here we are in the middle of a wrestling match, "What's your name?" Jacob, "What's your name?" <laughs> and here's what God said, why do you want to know my name? The man replied, and he blessed Jacob there. God did not answer all of Jacob's questions. God will not always answer all of your questions. And we'll call him Israel now. His name has been changed. He won't always tell us everything. But what we do know is that God did bless because Jacob was willing to endure through the pain and wait on the blessing of God. Because he was drawing closer to to him. Verse 30, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left that place. And he was limping because of the injury to his hip. That's serious. Miss Vicki, if you'll come on up. God showed up as a man in a wrestling match to Jacob to Israel he showed up as a man in a wrestling match sometimes now I want you to listen very closely to me here sometimes we blame the devil for taking away something from us or causing us pain when actually it's a situation that God is using to draw us closer to himself Dean I'm gonna strip that away so that you become more like me but God that hurts Dean says and God says I know but I'm making you more like myself and I am drawing you closer to me and the whole time Dean's wanting to rebuke the devil and it's not the devil we need to have discernment to know because sometimes it is the devil sometimes it's my choices and sometimes it is God drawing me closer to him you never know how God will show up but he will show up hold on and strive until you know for sure. Parents, do your kids ever ask, why are you on my case all the time? Why are you making my life so difficult? Why do I have to be home so early? Maybe you ask that to your parents growing up. Let me tell you why. Our answer is because I love you and I want the best for you. Bad things happen if you stay out too late, you know, all these different things that we'll say. Listen to this. The one who is... Okay. Okay. Everybody got your ears on? The one who is on your case the most loves you best. And if God is constantly bringing up painful things, you know, just uh, through our choices, whatever it is, just that pain is always there. God, would you get off my back about that situation? No, He loves you. He's wanting to develop character within us. Just the way parents, you want to develop character within your kids. Parents, just the way your parents wanted the same for you. And as you get older, you can see that. That's wisdom. At the moment, you can't see it. Get off my back. Would you get off my case already? No. Why is that? Because I, I see the things that God has in store for your life. So I'm going to be the disciplinarian in that moment because I don't want you to choose the wrong path. You may be wrestling against God, but never forget He is fighting for you. God took care of the situation with jo- Jacob's brother. If you read through the story, they didn't fight. They embraced. Everything that Jacob feared from Esau didn't happen. There was a restoration that happened there. You see how God worked that out? Jacob's limp reminded him that God blessed him. The remembrance of your pain shows you when God met you. Can we stand this morning? This may be causing you to think of either a painful situation that you're going through right now, or you may be even thinking about a painful situation that you have gone through in the past. And it reminds you God was and is faithful. Mr. Stowe, if he met me before, he will meet me again. He will help me through this situation, Melissa. Tommy, he's going to show up in that situation. Matt, he's going to show up. Lisa, he's going to meet us where we are, and he's going to usher. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God is with us. Let's hold on to Jesus. Amen we can just bow our heads and close our eyes this morning Um, if you feel that you're at the point where you're walking through life alone and you've never given your heart to Jesus before that would be one of the reasons that you're feeling the way that you do Jesus has made himself available to where we don't have to walk through life alone but it requires surrender and lordship of him in our lives. It requires it. And I want to ask you today, if you've never given and you surrendered your life to Jesus, to Jesus, will you help me through this? He promises his Holy Spirit that yes, he will help you. If you've never given your life to Jesus before, I want to give you the opportunity to do that just by simply raising your hand and say, yes, I want to receive Jesus today. Anybody like that? Can I pray with anybody today? You want to receive Jesus? Anybody? Believers, if you are constantly facing pain in your life and you're not sure why, God is requiring you to surrender something to Him. He's requiring you to walk in obedience. The pain that you are experiencing right now is God wanting to draw you closer. And He's, he's requiring, I, I, I just sense the Holy Spirit. He is requiring, He has been speaking to you. And what he is saying to you today is this. My grace is always there, but you're playing with my grace. And I want you to stop playing with my grace. I believe that he's saying, I want you to be serious in your pursuit of me. And that as you are serious and as you surrender this area of your life, you will see a breakthrough because what you're holding on to right now is man's way of doing things. And it's going to cause some pain in the outset, but you hold on to me and I will see you through and your life will be greater from this point moving forward than it has ever been. But you have to trust me. And I believe that's a word of the Lord for somebody here this morning. You need to hold on to that. It's a powerful word this morning, church. And if that's for you, you need to grab a hold of it and don't let it go. Do not let it go. God's mercy and grace is available. We can't play around with it. If that word spoke to you this morning, um, Dwayne and Malou, I'm going to ask you if you, you'd be available at the front this morning Um, let them pray with you and agree with you in prayer this morning as a matter of fact Dwayne and Malou if you will um, also close us out in prayer this morning I'll meet you guys at the back but hold on to the word of God church God loves us and he will see us through our pain Amen Amen. Dwayne Malou
1: need he is so powerful in our lives today and I would ask you if you would like us to agree with you today we would love to, to, to just agree with you in your in your mission and, and and really to see how God can move upon our families together Lord I just thank you for this strength that you give us today as we stand here we stand here with a purpose and a plan on our life today. That each one of us, as we leave this day, leave this church today, that we take your, your teachings and, and what we learn today to help us propel us to the next step. Lord, help us as we go that we're together and unified as one. Lord, we thank you for families and, and marriages and, and children and relationships just to be intervened today. Lord, as we We dispatch angels into our homes today, Father, just to see things change. Lord, as there's some people in our family that need help, Lord, give us the right words to show that we care and that we love them, Lord. Lord, help us today to never to fall short from calling you as our Savior and Lord. Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.